Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Charles. Enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. This is episode 62, and as always, it's your host, Charles. We've got a pretty interesting one for you today. I'm going to be sitting down with Drew, Twitter handle Drew Tang at home, and we're going to be talking about conspiracy theories, uh, a lot of them that aren't related to crypto, and then one of them that involves the deep state and the Illuminati's involvement in Bitcoin. Uh, and before we start, I just want to preface this with the fact that these aren't my opinions, and some of these conspiracy theories, you know, Drew doesn't even believe, but he's presenting these ideas and kind of giving you a jumping off point so that you can start doing your own research and kind of thinking in a different way than you have before. Now, before we get into it, I do want to make a quick announcement. For the last month or so, the exchange Dudex has sponsored the podcast, and I've really appreciated what they've done for the show. Uh, they've really helped make it a better show. And that sponsorship has ended. This will be the last episode that they sponsor. I want to give a special thank you and shout out to Bo, the CEO. He's a very hardworking dude, and he's been here for me, you know, this entire month. Uh, and this sponsorship ending has nothing to do with, you know, Dudex and what they're planning on doing and where they're growing and how they're growing. Uh, but it was more for personal reasons. So again, I do want to say thank you to Dudex. Bo, the entire team, and I encourage you guys to check out the exchange. Uh, they've been growing at a very quick rate and have a ton of new features in the pipeline. So we're going to have a link in the description below if you want to go check them out, start trading on the exchange, and you'll receive up to $110 in free Bitcoin when you make your first deposit. So again, thank you, Bo. Thank you, Dudex. I really appreciate all you guys have done for me. So now let's get into it. So Drew, I'm really excited for this episode. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Before we really get into the meat of it, can you just give us a little bit of background on yourself and what you were doing before you found cryptocurrencies? Like, who yeah. is Drew? Because you're a bit of a man of mystery. I know you post a lot on Twitter, but I kind of want to get to know who you are before we get into this. Yeah, awesome. Um, allow me to just completely self-dox. Yeah, so so before cryptocurrency, I... Um, I'm also, if anybody didn't know, I'm also really fucking smart. So uh, I had a, so I went to the University of Michigan. Um, I got a full ride. Um, I graduated high school in like 2013, I think. Um, anyways, went to, went to school for um, accounting. Um, I ended up working, working at Deloitte. I was doing, um, I was doing taxes of all things. Um, so you can kind of see where the origin story, um, origin story with crypto comes from here. And uh, so, yeah, I was doing um, global employment services, which is basically taxes for impacts and expats. Um, so people, U.S. citizens either working outside the country or foreign citizens working inside the U.S. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was just fucking pure hell. And uh, the IRS pain in the ass to work with and um, basically hated it. So uh, yeah, so after after working there for a bit, I um, so I got a dual major in college. So I majored in accounting and um, 
I had a, uh, another major in uh, IT, so information technology management. So the fusion of those two actually, you know, obviously goes very well into crypto. And uh, so anyways, I was working in IT um, uh, in the summer of 2017 and uh, going into the fall, obviously. And I had, I had bought in Bitcoin. I bought my first two Bitcoin at like 1200. Um, and that was in, I think it was uh, early spring of that year of 2016. I think that's about right. Um, or I can't remember exactly when, but you know, regardless. Uh, so I was working at this IT job and I realized that I was most of the time I was working there, I was just spending online in different crypto communities, staying up to date on the market. And mind you, this was, you know, this was the ramp up to the uh, 20K run. And basically, I just realized I was like, there's a huge opportunity in crypto. Um, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to be at a desk job when there's so much going on and so much, uh, you know, opportunity. So I quit around, Bitcoin was around 10, 10K when I quit my job. And um, so I quit at 10K and, you know, the whole time I had been talking about Bitcoin to everybody in the office. So I looked like a fucking legend, uh, <laughs> like immediately after um, going into, I quit in like beginning of November. And obviously November comes around, December, and we, you know, we're hitting like seven, 17, fucking 18. Um, and so I started up a, um, I was doing a lot of copywriting work, so, and which I'm still doing today, uh, which is primarily my involvement in the industry is um, doing copywriting. So press releases, community updates and stuff for different projects. Um, and so I've done, I've done work for, for instance, I'm on the uh, No Limit Coin team, so fantasy sports um, and uh, fantasy sports crypto platform. And also more recently, um, I'm doing copywriting for 3speak.online, which is where I post all my um, podcasts and content, which I'm going to be posting this as well. Um, which is a, it's basically a blockchain um, built on the Steam um, infrastructure, Steam and IPFS with decentralized video hosting essentially. And so, so yeah, um, so I'm on, that's my main crypto uh, project right now. Um, and, and yeah, I think that's, that's basically everything. And of course my, I have my uh, social media brand is Blockchain Bastards. Um, which is, you know, essentially where I post all my uh, crypto-related content. Like I said, that's where I post the podcast. And so I, I spent, I basically spent um, 2018, the beginning of 2018, I was, me and my fellow blockchain bastards, we all, uh, two of us quit our jobs and one of us dropped out of uh, college. And we traveled the country basically going to every crypto conference we could, um, we could get our hands on. So we went, uh, we went to BTC Miami. We went to the consumer electronics show in Vegas. We went to consensus. Um, we went to, uh, world CryptoCon, I think is what it's called in, um, in LA. 
And so anyways, we, we went to a bunch of different conferences. Oh, uh, the biggest one, we went to Blockchain Unbound um, in Puerto Rico in the spring of 2018 and um, got to like go to cool stuff like went to Brock Pierce's uh, house, which, you know, house in, in uh, italics or rather uh, quotations because it's actually a 19th century Masonic lodge that overlooks the, uh, the governor's mansion on Puerto Rico. Um, on the island. And uh, so, yeah, we did a bunch of traveling, networking. I met a lot of, uh, a lot of influencers. I, um, I smoked down both Crypto's News and uh, Ken Bozak at the uh, after party uh, of BTC Miami at 11 Strip Club, which is uh, infamous now, that after party, because uh, the news coverage afterwards was just horrendous. You know, people are like, oh, blockchain industry, it's just the boys club. Um, you know, they're throwing after parties at strip clubs. Anyways, it was it was dope. I met uh, Jeff Berwick and Luke, Luke Radowski there. Um, but, uh, yeah, that gets us to modern day. And um, most of the majority of my time online is kind of building, building my own personal Twitter brand. Uh, probably most people, have, um, if anybody is familiar with me, um, they'll know me from my uh, my personal Twitter account, Drew, uh, at Drew Tang at home. Um, and I post a lot of um, conspiracy threads there. And uh, yeah, basically just um, I'm doing my, the mission with that account basically is just to raise the public's consciousness. So I'm trying to consolidate um, a lot of the research um, that I've been putting in over the last like three years, which initially is the whole reason I got into crypto is because of, um, you know, doing research on central banking and who actually runs the world and realizing that, you know, um, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And Bitcoin and, and other decentralized methods like this, this off, uh, blockchain technology is obviously the way forward. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's my entire life for the last three years. So yeah, yeah, you definitely covered a lot there. Uh, it's pretty funny. Our our stories, our background stories, are actually very similar. Uh, I went to school. I studied finance. When I graduated, I was an underwriter for you know a few years. I uh, found cryptocurrencies, and I realized, okay, this is what I'm passionate about. I could not do you know the nine to five office job sitting at a computer every day, working with my, you know, square, straight and narrow co-workers. I just couldn't do it. And so I was like, all right, I got to get out of here. It sounds like you were kind of in a very similar position. You studied accounting uh, and double majored in IT. Uh, so very, very similar backgrounds. And then you kind of walked us through your whole crypto resume, I guess I would call it. Um, and you kind of touched on what I really want to get into, which is these conspiracy theories that I'm always seeing you post on Twitter, you have, you know, very long threads on numerous conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of just walk us through, because I don't know that my audience has seen all of them. Can you just walk us through a couple of the major ones and then talk to us about what it means to be woke to you? Okay, awesome. Yeah, so uh, my biggest, um, my biggest threads uh, that I've written are um, are mainly the first one. Uh, my biggest thread so far has been on uh, Jeffrey Epstein, which everybody is is really enjoying at this point. Um, 
given, you know, the whole Epstein didn't kill himself meme. So if you're interested on why exactly Epstein didn't kill himself, you can feel free to to check out my thread. It's um, it's in my pin tweet uh, on Twitter, and and yeah, basically that that thread runs through um, essentially the history of elite human trafficking, uh, which obviously Epstein was involved in. I don't I don't even know what the public thinks he does, like at this point, like the normies. Um, you know, I'm, they probably just think it's a meme or something. But whatever. Um, if you actually want to, you know, learn what he's about, um, I've got. Uh, I basically go back. I, I start in like the um, the 1980s, where there was, uh, you know, there was a big uh, under the actually under the Reagan administration with um, Bush Senior as vice president. There was a big uh, human trafficking scandal involving the White House. And um, I kind of take that forward into uh, Clinton Foundation, Haiti human trafficking, and the U the UN uh, was actually caught. Um, UN workers were caught trafficking children out of Haiti, and none of them got arrested, and uh, all kinds of really really cheery stuff there. Um, and to to make it even more uh, black pilling, my second biggest threat is on 9/11. Um, and I kind of run through, for people who aren't familiar, I kind of run through not only um, the most obvious smoking guns of the whole 9-11 event, uh, you know, Building 7, which is, you know, people don't even know that a third tower fell on 9-11, was not hit by a plane, but somehow fell in the exact same fashion um, where it falls at free fall speed, which does not happen with, with modern buildings. They, they're built to not have that happen, you have to, you have to purposely demolish them. Um, you have to set, you have to pre-plant charges um, to make it fall on its own footprint. Um, and uh, yeah, so I go through that, not only that, but I go through um, kind of the history of uh, who currently is running the US government and our intelligence agencies. And it goes back to Nazi Germany. Um, where American industrialists were actually funding and supporting the Nazis. Um, some people know that Henry Ford had a life-size, uh, well, actually, Hitler had a life-size, uh, no, I think it was Henry Ford had the life-size picture of Hitler in his office. Henry Ford received the highest civilian award that the Nazis gave. Um, so, yeah, that's just some background on that one. And then my two other biggest threads uh, would be, um, and sorry if I'm just, if I'm just rambling off here. No, I but, appreciate um, it a lot, actually. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So I'll just keep rambling then. So, uh, my other two major threads, uh, one of them's on advanced ancient human technology. So, um, you know, ancient aliens gives this whole spin, um, gives this whole topic, like a really bad name because people just fucking see the couple of Looney Tunes that they invite on there um, and uh, and they immediately dismiss the whole idea. Uh, that being said, I kind of run through um, some very basic principles that we seemingly forgot in modern technology as far as the energetic nature of the universe, um, the human body's energy system, which I mean, it's no secret that the, the brain and the heart are emitting electromagnetic waves. Um, but, you know, it's not something we openly acknowledge um, a lot of the time. We'd, we'd like to, you know, the, the mainstream media would love us to think that, you know, we're just 
physical sacks of fucking flesh and blood that, you know, uh, you know, there's no, no room for spirituality or higher purpose in, in the mainstream media narrative of it. But anyways, so I run through that. Um, I kind of connect the two things. I show um, how ancient architecture is actually built um, to harness the Earth's natural geomagnetic field. Um, I kind of walk through where that comes from. It basically involves the Earth's crust, um, piezoelectric effects um, based on the, the friction in between um, these plates and the Earth's crust. Um, and uh, yeah, just I just show the ancient cultures. Um, I kind of briefly touch touch on how these ancient cultures um, they have similar architecture, and it implies a um, a global civilization. Anybody familiar with Graham Hancock's work um, will be uh, will have a good idea about that. Um, and I kind of ended up with uh, um, this kind of energetic warfare that's kind of unseen. People don't really understand it, um, but uh, but yeah. So that's one of them. Um, and then the second one is on UFOs. So the Navy just confirmed that these leaked UFO videos from Air Force pilots uh, were legitimate. So the government has officially acknowledged that UFOs are real. Um, this is as of, I think it was September or October of this year. You may have noticed that Donald Trump just started the sixth fucking branch of the military, the Space Force, which apparently nobody cares about or, you know, it's just not covered in the news. Like people don't understand what the fuck's going on. Like we're literally at the verge of releasing technology that's been hidden from the from the public for the last hundred years. Um, and I kind of run into how um, the Pentagon. There's uh, the day before 9/11, Donald Rumsfeld went on TV and announced that the Pentagon couldn't account for 2.3 trillion dollars, and that number has only grown rapidly since then. Um, Current estimates by a Michigan State professor uh, puts the amount at $21 trillion missing from the Pentagon's budget. And if you're like, oh shit, maybe we should audit the Pentagon, uh, we did last year. There was supposed to be a, um, Donald Trump uh, had the first uh, Pentagon audit ever conducted. And the Pentagon came back and they were supposed to include, or, uh, include last November. Pentagon came back and said, hey, we just failed the audit, and you can look this up. Um, but yeah, the Pentagon just came back and told us, yeah, fuck you guys, we failed the audit, we're not going to tell you what we're doing. Um, anyway, so yeah, I go through kind of the history of UFOs, um, and especially the history of um, uh, hidden space programs in the United States. There's a documentary called Unacknowledged, which I highly recommend. Um, there's also a book called Behold a, a, a Pale Horse, which is by a guy named Bill Cooper, who was a naval intelligence officer who came forward and basically told the public that uh, there was going to be a massive terrorist event that was going to be blamed on Osama bin Laden. Um, he was talking about this months before 9-11, and then shortly after 9-11, he was shot on his doorstep by government, um, by government employees. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'd highly recommend that. He has a great, um, he really breaks down the history of, he basically reframes in this book, he reframes American history um, basically from uh, 1947 forward 
which um, in terms of the secret space program and what was actually going on behind the scenes. So highlights of that include after the Roswell crash, it was literally, um, it was a matter, I think it was three months after the Roswell crash, not only was the CIA founded, but the Air Force was founded as well. Both of those organizations were founded basically exclusively to pigeonhole the results of the Roswell crash, which was recovering alien, um, or at least highly advanced. Uh, you know, it's uh, when people talk about UFOs, they automatically assume that means that there's a spacefaring race. But there's, you know, there's also the possibility that these organisms evolved on this planet and they just have, they're so advanced, they've been able to hide themselves from the majority of the population. Um, that's, that concept's called a breakaway civilization. Um, that's actually, uh, um, I'm also, oh, I guess my, my biggest thing is I'm, I'm writing a book as well. I've just finished the first part of it. It's called Woke Yoke Remote. Um, so Woke is about um, basically reframing the entire universe, hidden human history, and um, and kind of who's actually ruling us now. Uh, Yoked is going to um, take those esoteric concepts we covered in Woke and apply it to mm -hmm. health, fitness, and personal spirituality, essentially. And Remote's going to talk about um, how to apply those concepts again to um, to making money, uh, working remote, become basically becoming as free as humanly possible, which is. Um, which is the you know the basically the end goal of, of making money online, um, and uh, yeah so I guess those are those are the three major ones and to get to your final question, um, the uh, what does it mean to be woke? Um, I have a you know I have a little thread on this I go into a spiel about it um, in the book, but uh, woke um, is really just been completely this term has been completely ripped away from its original meaning. Um, right now it means, you know, the ultra-liberal, um, you know, uh, you, must, uh, you must agree with me on every social issue and support it um, outright, or you're, you know, I'm going to try and cancel you, and I'm going to cancel every comedian, and I'm going to, you know, um, basically take, take away free speech and basically do whatever the news tells me to and be outraged by whatever the news tells me to, which is not woke at all. That's fucking, you're just listening, you're just being programmed by the news. Um, what woke means um, is, uh, is having the courage to think for yourself and pay the consequences mm -hmm. for it. So it's, it's um, searching for the truth, even if acknowledging the truth means you're going to get um, ostracized and, uh, you know, kicked out of polite society. Um, uh, which is the reality for for most of the people in the actual woke truth community. Uh, for instance, you know, even as an influencer, uh, it's a dangerous it's a dangerous thing. Even if you don't have a normal job, which if you had a normal job and you were talking about some of the topics I did, I would have been fired long ago. Obviously, you can't talk about how the most elite people in the world are Satan traffickers and expect to keep your job. Um, but even as an influencer, um, there was just a 60 Minutes episode where they talked about how on December 10th, uh, YouTube is going to deplatform all the channels they deem uh, non-commercially viable. So essentially any, 
any channel that has, covers content that um, they can't monetize through ads, um, which is a lie. They they used to do it all the time, but they just you know, basically they lost control of the narrative in 2016, and Donald Trump accidentally got elected. Um, you know, using a, a fraction of Hillary's um, funding and support. And so they realize, oh shit, we don't have complete control over the public anymore. We need to figure out what's going on and, and take control of it. And uh, and yeah, that's essentially what woke means. Um, so you've got uh, that's, that's all I got. Yeah, your your four biggest threads are on human tra- human trafficking, nine eleven, uh, advanced ancient human technology, and then UFOs. These are these are pretty controversial topics, um, but I like where you're going with all of them. And then it really feeds into the this idea of being woke, and it's not this idea that you know you accept everything and everyone and kind of follow the narrative that is presented to you. It's thinking for yourself, even if that means being ostracized. Uh, and I know people that are listening to this are gonna hear you speak and they're gonna say this guy's crazy. And he's just, you know, out there, doesn't mean anything. I shouldn't pay any attention to him. Uh, But you are providing a perspective that's much different than the norm. Uh, And I think I encourage everyone who's listening to this to go check out those threads, at least the pin post to get an idea of who Drew is. Um, And if you like it, uh, like he said, he's got his book coming out. Uh, You can be on the lookout for that. Uh, Now, those, those are some very controversial topics. I want to get into one that is related to the cryptocurrency scene because, you know, this is the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. My kind of online persona is centered around cryptocurrencies. So you have this idea that, you know, the Illuminati has something to do with Bitcoin, if I'm correct in saying that. Uh, So can you just talk to us about your thoughts on this and what exactly your theory is here? Um, We can really get deep on that. Yeah, sure. So um, just to just to be clear, I don't I don't personally subscribe to any. I really don't have any idea what the hell is going on with Bitcoin. I don't know. I don't really like the idea that um, that it's a controlled operation where um, where you know the the ruling class or whatever you want to call them, the deep state. Um, you know these these groups. Actually, if you were to to give a more accurate description, it would either be you know um, Satanist or Sabbatean Frankist is the is really the the group that's in charge of everything. But and those those include the central bankers, which I'm sure the um, a good amount of the crypto community will understand. Uh, but as far as you know, possible. And again, I I think. I think that Satoshi Nakamoto was just a nice guy who's decided to remain anonymous and, um, you know, came up with a great technology because he was legitimately, um, legitimately angry about what happened in 2008 and he wanted there to be an alternative or a, rather an alternative in the next um, type of crisis like that. Um, I mean, that's my personal belief. I don't, you know, I'm just... Uh, what I'm going to say next is just to play devil's advocate, because um, there are a lot of there are a lot of people in the conspiracy community community who um, you know believe that the the motivation behind crypto and, 
and Bitcoin is not 100% benevolent. Um, so basically, as far as like possible scenarios where Bitcoin is not crypto and Bitcoin is not a um, is not a you know a benevolent thing or in a or an organic uh, technology movement or organic uh, innovation. Um, basically, you got to look at the um, you know the involvement of the intelligence agencies, mainly DARPA, um, which is the, uh, it's basically the government's uh, technology uh, division, which, you know, they created the internet. If you look at there, the, the really disturbing thing is if you look at DARPA's logo, it's literally, you know, it, it's the pyramid with the third eye. Like it's, it is the, uh, you know, it's the eye of providence is what that's called. So, so yeah, DARPA is like, it's, you know, it's highly sus. It's a, it is the technology arm of the deep state ruling class, Illuminati, Satanists, whatever you know, label you want to put on it. But so DARPA created, um, they created the SHA-256 uh, encryption that Bitcoin used. Um, so just right off the bat, like, okay, that's, that's you know, highly sus. Um, but I mean, that's the encryption that every computer system around the world uses. But if you want to, you know, kind of dive deeper into that, I mean, just the fact that Satoshi Nakamoto was anonymous um, and has, you know, continued to remain that way, despite, you know, it being like the number one question in the world. Um, that's, you know, again, highly sus. Uh, but as far as, you know, the long-term plans um, or, you know, potential um, for Bitcoin to be some kind of a plot um, to, you know, centralize power even further, um, I guess the big thing is, you know, in the Bible, the, um, they talk about the mark of the beast, where unless you have the mark, you're not allowed to do commerce um, in society. And... You know, if Bitcoin was to be completely controlled, um, Bitcoin being right now the main developments for Bitcoin are basically being pushed through the Blockstream organization, and obviously they're they're big on small blocks, um, and and they're just like, okay, we don't have to expand the block size. We're just gonna um, we're just gonna build a whole second layer on top of Bitcoin which is like, it's not in the white paper. It's like, it's just not what Bitcoin's about. Like having people running lightning nodes, uh, for instance, it's already been uh, floated the idea that lightning node, like businesses that run lightning nodes are going to have to, you know, register with the government as, um, you know, money transaction or money service providers which would make them all require a KYC. So say we say we hit hyper Bitcoin is hyper Bitcoinization or whatever the, the fucking phrase is. We hit a black swan event where all the banks crash and Bitcoin's the uh, dominant currency or whatever. It won't matter if the network's so slow that you can't use the, it, you know, it, it costs $50 to send a transaction and your only option is to use the lightning network 
to buy shit at Walmart or Starbucks. And to do that, you've got to have KYC. And the second you do something the government doesn't like, they just, you know, all the, um, all the organizations just stop accepting payments from your lightning channel or whatever. Uh, then you're fucked. And we have, you know, we have an even worse system than the fiat system, at least with fiat, we can get a cash dollar bill mm -hmm. and go to most places and be able to have off the record transactions. But if we have such a KYC environment, which is, you know, Bitcoin itself is not exactly anonymous as, as much as we'd like to believe it is extremely traceable. Mm -hmm. um, the problem is, you know, it, basically it comes down to did you did you get it anonymously in the first place? You know, did you, because originally Bitcoin was acquired through mining was the idea. Mine Bitcoin, it would be sent to an anonymous address. And then from there, you could use that fresh virgin Bitcoin is the phrase um, and transact with that. And they would never be able to, tra uh, you know, trace that back to a, to your actual identity. Um, in the modern world, you know, most people are buying on Coinbase and transacting with it. And, you know, they've just got your ass, your ass right there. Like, they, you know, they've got you dead to rights. Um, not that Coinbase has released all the information, you know, to the IRS, but I mean, that's just a inevitability at this point. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's basically, you know, that's the, that is the biggest um, thing we have to look out for is is this um, potential for the Bitcoin, the original goal of Bitcoin, which was I have a wallet. I can receive Bitcoin from anybody. I didn't have to get approved by anybody to have a Bitcoin wallet. I didn't have to go and get to any to get a Bitcoin wallet. I don't have to go through any company or or entity or authoritative centralized figure to transact on this network. I, all I have to do is pay my little minor fee, which is efficient to do and doesn't cost me $50 to buy a car. Um, and you know, that was the original vision. Um, and where even as we are right now, we've kind of fallen away from that um, and getting into a dangerous area where, you know, most people um, it's, you know, most people's Bitcoin, they bought through Coinbase with their actual identity and they've been transacting with it so lo and behold if somebody gets a you know say coinbase gets hacked and and their kyc data gets released or you know like people could look at your entire everything you've ever done with cryptocurrency mm -hmm. it's you know it's on all these public blockchains and no matter what currency you bought you know, i guess if you bought zcash and then did a private transaction afterwards i guess that's the one exception as far as coinbase goes but, um, but yeah, I guess that's the, you know, if you wanted to, again, I don't, I don't endorse the theory. I would like to think that uh, Satoshi Nakamoto and the whole Bitcoin thing was organic. But if you wanted to say, you know, that there was a, a malevolent um, conspiracy around crypto, that would be it. And I guess the biggest thing I would point to um, is this famous uh, Economist magazine, which is a Rothschild, centrally uh, Rothschild family, you know, they're wealthiest family in the world. Not that it's officially recognized because, you know, if you're running everything, you wouldn't make it public that you have trillions and trillions of dollars. But uh, anywho, 
this uh, uh, magazine cover from 1988, pretty sure, or is 89? I think it was 88. Um, anyways, it has a, I'm sure people have seen this. It's the, it has a Phoenix on the front and it says, get ready for a new world currency. The Phoenix is standing on a pile of burning fiat notes from all around the world. And around his neck, there's a, there's a coin on a chain. So blockchain coin, like blockchain currency. And on that coin, there's the numbers 10, there's number, there's 10 written out, like as in, in English, 10. And then there's the number 10, and then there's 2018, which is written at the bottom. And if you look what happened on 10-10-2018, October 10th, 2018, last year, if you were watching the stock market at that time, you would have seen that they had a, it was a historic intraday crash of 800 points. Um, which, you know, from my experience in these, you know, dealing with this kind of symbology, this kind of, you know, these groups, um, they, in order to operate these guys, um, and this is like, this gets into kind of how occult magic works, like these Freemasonry groups, like this is what they practice essentially is, uh, witchcraft. And now I'll say that, and a lot of people, you know, um, you know, skeptics listening, you know, they're going to immediately, oh, magic doesn't exist, blah, blah, blah. There's a, there's a great Arthur C. Clarke um, quote where he says, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So if you were to take, you know, if you were to take an iPhone um, back in time, not even 50, 60 years, um, and you showed it to somebody, not even to say, like, take it back to the founding fathers, show them an iPhone, see what they'd call it, you know? they would call that magic. They would think the type of shit you can do with your phone is insane. Um, they wouldn't believe it. Um, and they would say well, it's impossible. And we are, it is extremely ignorant to think that we know all the laws of, of the universe as we stand right now. That is like the most ignorant thing. Like when people say, oh, the science is settled. Science doesn't fucking settle. And if you think science settles, then you're not a scientist. You just found yourself a new religion and you just have priests in white coats instead of fucking robes. So you need to fucking expand your mind a little bit there. But anyways, um, one of the aspects of this occult magic that the, this ruling class does is in order to survive, in order to continue ruling, they need to operate in plain sight. So they need to hide in plain sight. So having that economist magazine um, where it says get ready for a new world currency it shows the fiat currency burning it has a phoenix uh, which a phoenix is a big occult symbol it, it basically represents uh, rebirth um uh and you know in this case probably a new world order if you're familiar with the phrase and essentially them having that magazine and then having a huge stock market crash like totally out of the ordinary and you remember um in 2018 at the time that was basically right before that was you know a huge peak in the market i think i think the dow broke it again like so it's it's gone higher in 2019 since then but the fact that that was one of the first major negative days um basically before that we hadn't seen a crash like that since i think it was um 
that was the busy, biggest NASDAQ crash, like, I don't know if it was since 2008 or 2011, which 2011 was also a pretty shitty year for the markets. But, um, but yeah, so having that out in the open and then having that crash, what that looked like to me, given my experience, like dealing with this um, kind of stuff, is that look like me to a clear signal and confirmation so if you're part of these elite groups and you see that the crash actually happened on those days or on that day specifically, then you know, okay, we still have control. Like they're ruling those people who controlled the markets back in 1988. They still have control now. They were able to crash the markets on the exact same day that um, they said they were going to. And so I should prepare for the fiat currencies to be destroyed very shortly. Um, and yeah, and honestly to, um, in my opinion, and it's not even just my opinion, uh, Janet Yellen, for instance, thinks we're headed towards a recession right now. Warren Buffett's fucking investment firm, uh, has a huge amount of money off the market right now that he doesn't plan to put in, which is people are asking questions about that. Um, you can look that up and basically we are headed towards a traditional market um you know extermination event which if you understand what happened in 2008 you'll realize that um the fucking um any of the legislation that we passed since then um is did not fix any of the problems with 2008 that's you know at the end of the day it's just um loaning out free money and creating money that doesn't exist through these huge loans and giving them out at negative interest rates, which is what we had for so long. The Fed only started to raise rates um, above 0%, which, which technically, you know, they never went below 0%. Um, but if you're familiar with finance, with finance, which I know you are, um, the time value of money calculation, where you calculate um, your potential return on money um, compared with the time you have to um, pay it back. Essentially, uh, the interest rates that the Fed was handing out money at were negative. So they were paying banks to take money. The money supply since 2008 or tripled, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, it was something like 200 trillion to 600 trillion, something like that. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so anyways, it, say we hit another 2008 like collapse which i think it's going to start with deutsche bank which stock is at all-time lows it has like seven last time i checked this is probably outdated data last time i checked they have 7.8 trillion dollars in exposure to derivatives which derivatives themselves are basically again more kind of in the same vein as fiat currency where it's it's not even an actual asset or you know betting on a company it's literally just fucking casino like betting um and uh, yeah, the Deutsche Bank is, looks like it's gonna fucking come tumbling down. Um, and uh, yeah, if I had to make, if I had to make a bet on what's the first domino that takes down the global economy and basically this whole fiat scam, it's definitely gonna be Deutsche Bank. Um, and I would, I, I honestly think it's going to happen in uh, 2020 uh so yeah i guess uh, at the end of the day all these conspiracy theories as far as crypto and whatever fiat being destroyed uh at the end of the day we're gonna see very shortly one way or the other so
So first you preface this with the fact that this isn't your belief, um, but it's just another way to look at things, which is kind of what I want to take away from this. Um, you said you started with, you know, I believe Satoshi Nakamoto was just a run-of-the-mill good guy. He saw this problem. He created a solution to it. Uh, you walked us through kind of what has happened with cryptocurrencies and kind of the directions things have moved in. Uh, and then you really got into kind of the conspiracy behind all of it. And I, I just want to reiterate that this is in fact a theory and just another way to look at things. Uh, I feel like a lot of people in the cryptocurrency industry and scene are very close-minded, might be the best word. I'm not really sure, uh, but they're very- I mean, it is, it is an extremely high, uh, I've noticed one thing, there's, there's two things that really, you know, I post about such ridiculous outlandish shit on my Twitter that's, you know, the highest possible triggering, you know, topics like alien, like UFOs and fucking Satanists. But what really triggers people, what I've noticed, um, that gets them the most angry is, one, talking about what you eat and, and nutrition, basically fucking, like I posted I ate vegetables one night, and I had a whole fucking squad of carnivores rolling up, oh my god, you're going to fucking kill yourself. <laughs> uh, so that's one. And the second one is any kind of Bitcoin price prediction, no matter what you say, you know, or market prediction. Um, people are going to come out of the woodwork and, oh, you crazy fucking, if it's positive, opium addict, like, oh, it's, it's going to zero and, you know, and vice versa. But, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I think I know where you're, where you're coming from here. And, and yeah, I don't want to say like, don't fucking go hundred X on Bitcoin right now, just because of, of my dumb ass on this podcast <laughs> saying that I think that the fucking markets are going to fucking reverse black swan event where bitcoin yeah Cliff high calls it uh where bitcoin goes to a point of unattainability where you literally just can't buy it with fiat currency but um but yeah yeah no the, these are just you know theories i like where your head's at on the general market and the fact that we could see a recession coming uh but the idea that you're open to different scenarios is what i think people should take away from this uh, because yes, the traditional markets could see a huge downturn, but we don't know that that means that Bitcoin is going to, you know, suck up that market share. It could go down with the rest of, you know, the traditional investments. Uh, so that's what I kind of want to stress about this episode. Uh, and the reason I had you on was because you do have a very different perspective than most people. And I think what a lot of you know, Bitcoin maximalists and people in the cryptocurrency scene and space really need is the fact that, or the idea that they need to look at everything from a different perspective and don't get so one track, one mind, you know, this is what's going to happen because we all don't know what's going to happen for certain. Uh, so I really appreciate you kind of walking us through this obviously more out there theory, uh, but it really stresses the point that there's many different ways to look at this and you know it could possibly be the scenario with bitcoin that it's controlled by the state and used it's going to be used to kind of centralize power um but i mean again just going back to the fact that we really do need to have these different perspectives and be open to these different perspectives is what i want to stress and and of course, um, you know, and of course, the whole reason we need to be open to those kind of perspectives is, is um, 
the possibility of, you know, uh, planning for it, you know, preparing for those opportunities and developing, um, developing alternatives, which is, which is at the end of the day, the main, the main flaw I see in that theory of Bitcoin being controlled mm -hmm. is the fact that it's still at the end of the day, this is a free market. Like there's nobody that's going to, well, I guess maybe they will, but at the end of the day, for the first time we have, we have a free market for currency. You know, nobody can stop you from sending Bitcoin to somebody and then sending you Litecoin in exchange. And there's always going to be, um, you know, there's always going to, be, I guess not always going to be a market for a specific asset, digital asset trade like that. But given the incentives of speculation and so on and so forth, it's very likely that we continue that, um, that idea and as much as as much as the world is centralized in a lot of ways, um, there, there always still is going to be competition in between countries. Um, there is always going to be power struggles. So if say, you know, say Bitcoin does become, you know, controlled by the US Federal Reserve, um, who the fuck is going to use that? Like what, what other country? China doesn't want to use a, a currency that's completely controlled by the US like that if they don't have to. Russia doesn't want to do that. Um, and basically the only way, the only reason they do that with the US dollar is because of the, um, the concept of the, the petrodollar, which essentially uh, we made a deal with OPEC in 1974, Nixon did, after 1971, the US dollar went off the gold standard in a complete scam. Uh, the original Bretton Woods agreement in 1944, we promised after World War II, we said, um, we'll make the U.S. dollar the reserve currency of the world, but we'll make sure you can always redeem it for gold. We totally took that back and just scammed the entire world in 1971. And, uh, and then, so to fix that, we made a deal with OPEC, the oil-producing nations. Originally, it actually included Venezuela as well, which I only learned recently. But um, basically, it's all the big Middle Eastern countries, which, you know, the biggest one being Saudi Arabia. And essentially, we promise them, you know, we're going to sell you as much weapons as you want. And uh, as long as you promise to sell all your oil in U.S. dollars. So essentially what that means is every other country, if they want to get the oil that's um, the cheapest, because, you know, these countries in OPEC basically control most of the supply, these countries could mine their own oil or whatever, but it's not going to be nearly as cheap as Saudi Arabia. So um, in order to get that oil, they need to trade real services and real objects, real materials that they have either worked um, to create or, you know, services that they're creating. And they have to trade those real work. They have to trade that for paper that we printed for free, or in this case, probably just zeros and ones on a computer. Um, they have to give us real shit for, you know, shit we print for free. And, and yeah, so essentially that creates, you know, um, a constant demand for the U.S. dollar. And, and that itself, that, uh, that concept itself is um, being threatened right now by Venezuela, Iran, which is why we're most likely going to take military action in both those countries um, shortly, or at least that's what it looks like it's going to happen. And if we don't, and we allow them to sell oil in non-U.S. dollars, then the U.S. dollar really will collapse. So it's, you know, it is one or the other in these situations. Um, 
And yeah, I guess at the end of the day, just to kind of wrap up that whole, um, you know, possible Bitcoin conspiracy there. I just don't buy it as in, I don't think, I think it, it could possibly have been their intention to do that, but I don't think it, it would work in practice. I don't think, um, I don't think it's actually, even if they did their best and say they controlled, you know, the Fed controlled, you know, 80% of the Bitcoin um, supply. Uh, if that happened and everybody realized, oh shit, like one entity controls a huge controlling amount of this currency and they are, you know, they're KYCing us, then that creates a huge market opportunity for cryptos that don't, aren't completely controlled and aren't, um, you know, and, and don't require KYC and have better transactions. And, you know, nobody's going to be able to stop them from, you know, sucking the value up in the, you know, people in the world from using a different one. I was just going to say, you know, we kind of got a little bit off topic there, but to rein it back in, the main point is that, you know, these are decentralized currencies and this is a free market. So if something were to happen to Bitcoin for any number of reasons, like you're saying, other currencies can come in and take the place. And I think that's what's so beautiful about this market. Um, so I really appreciate you getting into kind of this, wild conspiracy theory with me and talking about some of your threads as well uh, now moving forward can we talk about stuff that you're most excited for in the coming 12 months i know you talked about a potential recession that you think is coming uh, is there anything else that's you know you're excited about anything big in your pipeline yeah yeah so that that's pretty funny way to phrase it i mean i guess i'm I, you know i'm not excited for you know, uh, an economic downturn, but uh, given the fact that I've invested my whole life in, or, you know, recently at least, in, you know, preparing for said event and, you know, investing, mm -hmm. you know, my time and energy into future technologies and, you know, groups and information that will benefit me um, if these old systems collapse. Uh, in that regard, yes, I guess. But um, so, yeah, going forward, I mean, I guess um, the biggest thing coming up um and this is again you know this is more of my conspiracy content whatever again not fucking financial advice or you know don't fucking i don't want fucking you know the the goddamn uh uh secular wing skeptic wing of crypto twitter coming at me for this but um in astrology the um one of the biggest events that hasn't happened in 500 years is about to occur on January 12th, 2020. Um, and that's uh, basically the event is Pluto conjunct, um, Pluto conjunct Saturn in Capricorn. And this event hasn't happened um, in 500 years. And the last time it happened, basically it represents those two planets are, you know, Pluto is uh, involves a lot of stuff like death and and stuff and Saturn represents uh, law and order and governments and stuff like that structure organization. So those two conjunct each other, you know, is it's basically represents like a, a revolutionary time and, and uh, to give you an idea of what kind of energy that is, it, the last time this event happened was 500 years ago, when Martin Luther was nailing his 95 theses to the, you know, to the door of the church. And essentially what that resulted in is what was called the Protestant Reformation. And people think that, okay, that was just a religious event, you know, not a huge impact. 
Um, people forget that the, the church, the Catholic church ruled all of Europe. Like they had kings, but at the end of the day, you were, you know, you were doing what the Pope said. Um, and your whole country at the end of the day was Catholic. So, you know, if the Pope says, you know, this king's a piece of shit, you know, they ultimately the Vatican has, um, and it still has a lot of power, but uh, they had a huge amount of power then, and that Protestant Reformation um, was a huge event that helped decentralize Europe's power structure from the Vatican for the first time since, I mean, the Roman Empire started in, you know, the Catholic Roman Empire started in 330 AD. So that was roughly 1,200 years of, uh, you know, Rome calling the shots in Europe, and that all changed. 500 years ago when Pluto was conjunct Saturn and Capricorn. And that same event is going to reoccur in 2020 on January 12th. And, you know, you can, um, you know, people uh, don't, especially in crypto Twitter, which a lot of, you know, skeptics, which God bless the crypto community, fucking bunch of annoying assholes all arguing with each other. But that's what decentralization is all about at the end of the day. And it makes us stronger than a lot of other communities, I think one of our best aspects, but, um, but yeah, so that's one thing I'm excited for. And like I said, a lot of these, a lot of what I'm talking about in these threads, like, um, you know, the takedown of these elite human traffickers like Jeffrey Epstein and the hidden technology um, uh, of that, maybe uh, that Nikola Tesla was experimenting with, which have, which basically Nikola Tesla, his towers, if you look at his, he had these towers who were, um, which he said could provide free wireless um, energy. And if you look at the schematics, they match um, basically some very key aspects of the Great Pyramids. So um, it appears as if it's possible that these Great Pyramids were also, also had a similar purpose and were tapping into the same energy. Um, JP Morgan shut down funding of that tower um, basically in... Tesla never got funding afterwards for any of his inventions. Um, and ultimately, when he died, the FBI, you can look at the FBI documents of them fighting for Tesla's technology. Um, and lo and behold, who did they send to go get Tesla's technology? But uh, was, John, was John G. Trump, which is Trump's uncle. He was an MIT professor um, and uh, had worked with Tesla previously. And... Uh, Anyways, yeah, uh, so that kind of hidden technology and, and, you know, some people theorize that might be why Trump started the Space Force is because his uncle kind of told him what actually existed. And if you listen to Trump and Trump's inauguration speech, he talks about at one point, he talks about unlocking the secrets of space, curing disease, um, and basically, you know, implies that, you know, he's going to release um, information and advanced technology that's been hidden from us which kind of is what the Space Force indicates as well. And if you look at some of the, um, if you look at some of the patents that have actually been made public recently by the Navy, um, there, there's a couple of really interesting ones, for instance, um, nuclear fusion, like a nuclear fusion generator. Um, so literally like, what the fuck? Like, anyways. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to, to, um, you know, that as well, the, the potential for new technology to be released. And if you're thinking of, you know, possible situations like uh, of, uh, 
of what this Saturn conjunct Pluto, what this event would mean, you know, in this time in history, given what it meant 500 years ago. Um, those are the major things. I think it's, uh, I think it's really three major things, you know, uh, the takedown of the elite Satanist human trafficking class, um, the release of hidden technology um, that's basically been hidden from us for the last hundred years minimum, um, and uh, three is the collapse of the financial markets, and four is the black swan event where crypto basically takes, um, basically takes control of the global financial system, and basically those four events. They're too, each of those are way too big to happen individually. So if one of those events happens, it's going to trigger the rest. Um, for instance, you know, if we arrest, you know, this elite class, like if say tomorrow, you know, you have, um, uh, by the way, just to preface this, a record amount of CEOs have resigned in the last um, two years. And not only that, um, you know, uh, We've had some pretty huge human trafficking busts around the country. You can look up uh, Project Broken Heart, which concluded, um, which concluded in uh, June of this year. So this isn't like crazy conspiracy theory. Like there is actually huge roundups of human traffickers going on right now. But say this, say you know, huge political and and technology or technology and company, corporate um, people come down. That's gonna, you know, that would crash the stock market itself. Not, you know, and, and like I talked about before, we're on thin ice there. So, you know, you trigger the stock market collapse. Global markets have to look for an alternative because they're not sure about, you know, to fix that. The Fed would have to quadruple the fucking money supply again because the bubble's only gotten bigger. Um, they quadruple the money supply. You have a, a huge risk of, you know, the the U.S. Um, we lost, we almost lost our AAA credit rating. Uh, I think whatever U.S. like bonds or whatever, um, which is a lot of what the dollar's dollar or value is based off of. We almost lost our AAA credit rating during that 2008 collapse because it was like, okay, well, the U.S. is really like, if you look at our, you know, if you look at our fucking books, it's not. <laughs> Nobody would look at the U.S.'s, uh, you know federal debt and think, oh, yeah, these guys know what they're doing. Um, and so anyways, yeah, that would, you know, all these things would trigger each other, those four main events. Um, and, and yeah, uh, as far as things that will begin to trigger that and like things as far as conspiracy wise that I'm looking forward to um, is on December 9th, which is coming up here less than a week now. Um, the uh, inspector general's report is going to be released, which anybody familiar, you know, I don't, again, I don't endorse everything that all these communities say, but, you know, people familiar with this QAnon conspiracy, um, which at this point, uh, just to give my personal opinion on it, it does appear that it is somebody from inside the Trump campaign or the Trump organization that is making these leaks. And there's multiple reasons. You can look up Q proofs is what they're called. And basically, there has been some insane coincidences uh, where Q has dropped certain things, um, especially regarding uh, John McCain's death, um, where there's just been um, very exact, um, they call them deltas, time differences between a Q drop and then things coming into the news, um, literally like a month apart down to the, down to the minute. 
is um, is where some of these things. So, anyways, uh, this IG report has been we've been waiting on this for a long time. You know, people have known um, the Inspector General has been conducting this investigation for a long time, and basically, it's into the um, the FISA abuse um, by the Obama administration, where they were um, they were spying on the Trump campaign. Um, and basically what happened is uh, Obama had the UK's version of the NSA um, uh, bug the Trump Towers. And so he did that so it wouldn't, you know, there wouldn't be a US FISA um, that would show, um, you know, that, that he was doing that because that's not legal. You can't, you know, you can't spy on the opposing party's political campaign. That's not democracy, no matter what you think about Donald Trump. It's, you know, you would not like that happening to your party's candidate. You would not like the opposing party being able to spy on them. And, and, if, and if it came out that Donald Trump was um, bugging all the phones of, um, you know, the leading of Elizabeth Warren, you would probably be outraged. So, you know, given, you know, I'm talking up to my Democratic Party straw man there. But um, essentially, yeah, December 9th, keep your eyes on that um, because what gets released in that report could very well be the domino um, that kind of takes down the rest of this um, this power structure. And again, I don't know the intentions of this. I don't know if, you know, even if, you know, Trump was to, or Trump's administration was to take down all these other big government figures. Um, at the end of the day, what does that actually create is a gigantic power vacuum where, you know, if Trump was to take out every other, you know, elite class person like these Jeffrey Epsteins and, and so on and so forth, all that's going to do is create a huge power vacuum and centralized power, which obviously, as we know, is not a good idea. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I just see a lot of very interesting things that I've been following. You can look back at one of my first articles that I published on, on Blockchain Bastards. Um, I call it, it was like called Red October that I published last year. And I was talking about all these things, the Pentagon audit, uh, Space Force, Space Force before it was official, the Pentagon audit before it's finished, um, uh, the same FISA investigation, um, you know, a year before it came out, uh, and then hu elite human trafficking, like Epstein stuff, again, like eight months before he was actually arrested. Um, so I've been I've been watching these things for a long time, and it's obvious that you can only, you know, you can only keep things you can only keep these scams running for so long until it hits a critical mass. So if if you're looking for a you know a possible match that sets off um, these huge global um, events, I would think that December 9th, uh, the Inspector General's report. Oh, oh, and by the way, the last time that the Inspector General's report was like. Um, set to be released or they were set to have hearings on it. Um, George Bush Sr. died like the next day um, and they had, you know, they shut down the government for a week. Um, but anyways, yeah, well, I guess we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting regardless. As always, you know, politics is just all a show. So at the end of the day, you just got to sit back and enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I, I certainly do. You covered a lot there first, just to say. Um, some of it is a little bit too out there for me. I disagree with some of it. Um, but I think the main point again, just comes back to being open to these ideas 
at least hearing out the other side of the argument and then making the decisions based off of you know what you hear, read, the facts that you get. Um, the one thing that I actually have had pretty long-winded conversations about that you talked about was free energy. Um, my buddies are you know big on the fact that free energy exists. I, I am kind of on the other side of the coin. I, I don't think it's a technology that we have um, for a couple different okay, reasons. You're wrong. You're wrong. But, but go ahead. I mean, I like we can get into it if you want. I, I just think that there are some holes in the whole theory of free energy. Um, like, you know, the fact that the, their big argument is that the, you know, guys in charge of the power right now control oil and electricity are suppressing it. You might have a different view on it, uh, but that's their like main yeah, they're, argument. They're, yeah, they're literally killing anybody who comes forward with it. Yeah, so that's their argument, and uh, my my argument against that is, you know, if these guys in charge now have this technology, why not use it themselves? Um, you they know. are. They are. That's where all the Pentagon money went. There, there we go. So, like, I, I mean, like, why not? You know allow the masses to use it and charge them if it's free because to... because you don't need it when you release that technology you don't you're not relying on your you're not relying on the oil companies you're not relying on the u.s petrodollar which is how they control the entire world you're not relying on central banks anymore because you can use your free power source to have a greenhouse and grow all your own food no um, there's a lot of things I, it, it completely decentralizes the entire world it would destroy their entire power structure so that's not a good argument no i understand that giving out the technology would cause those problems providing the energy to the masses through these big centralized corporations who can attain this energy for free uh, it just doesn't seem like it's you know economically it doesn't make sense economically for them to drill oil use that to create electricity when they have the technology to provide it for free. Um, but they, like I said, that's their entire, that's how they control the entire world is the U.S. petrodollar. That's, um, that's literally why we go to all these wars. That's why Iraq, like months before we invaded Iraq, they switched to selling their oil in euros. That's why we destroyed Libya. They started, they were starting a gold back um, dinar um, currency to trade oil in in Africa. Like this is why we go to war. We kill thousands of people to project to protect the oil monopoly. To say that they they that it being economically you know there being an economic reason that they would release you know that they would switch to releasing free energy because it's too expensive to to mine oil. It's no no no. no. It's not too it's, it's not it's too expensive. Stuff. It's if the people in power now can get the energy cheaper, free, then why not get that energy then charge people for it like they do now with oil? Uh, because if you release that technology... Again, then, not, not going to releasing the technology. Keep the technology to yourself. Just yeah. charge people for the energy that you are getting for free. That makes more sense economically than going to war, drilling for oil, and then charging people for that energy. But... But yeah, I mean, if you switch, it, I mean, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to hide where you're getting, where you're getting your power from, if you're selling it. People are going to ask questions. Well, yeah, they can ask questions, but if you have the technology and nobody else does, I, I think you could get away with charging people for it. Obviously, people will be looking to develop that kind of technology, which could then lead to problems. But if they have it now and they've been able to cover it up, for 
X amount of years. I think they could continue to do that with, you know, the power that they have. But so, I mean, we're yeah, getting a uh, little bit off topic. If you want to continue discussing it, we can. Um, no, no, we can. Yeah, no, I mean, like, there's, I, I see your side of the point, and, like, I have my reasons for being against it. it I am, yeah. you know, somewhat skeptical that, you know, I, I can't say that it doesn't exist. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, let's, you know, forget all of that for now. I think we touched on a lot of major big points that are, you know, much more related to cryptocurrencies. Um, To wrap things up, because we've covered a shitload of stuff, can you just sum up your message to Twitter in maybe a couple sentences? Yeah, sure. So I think, uh, you know, my biggest biggest thing would be... um, just to just to think for yourself and and um, and not be afraid of, of having an opinion just because you fear what other people are going to think about you if you support that if you see information and if you um, first of all don't be afraid to look at all the you know and again this is what we've been saying the entire time I absolutely do not want anybody to believe me just because I said um, uh, you should, um, you know, you should do your own research. You should um, just be open to all the possibilities. Be afraid of new information. Um, and uh, and yeah, uh, I guess, you know, make sure to um, to to keep an open mind at the end of at the end of the day, and and don't uh, especially, I guess, more than anything, is don't get caught up in a, in political dualities. Um, where you know the other side is every single person who disagrees with you is a Nazi or a crazy communist. Um, just don't believe that shit. It's all you know. It's all propaganda that's made to divide and conquer us. Yeah, it's yeah. Just the tactic that the ruling class have used since the beginning of time. Pretty so, much. Just you know, just just love each other and um, and share information and uh, don't be afraid to look at a poor. I completely agree. That's kind of been the topic of this whole conversation. And I think you're a perfect example of it. I think there are people who think you are an absolute nutcase and you're out there. You're saying, this is what I believe in. You know, think, think of me however you want. I'm going to get this information out there. I'm going to talk about what I believe in. You've come on this podcast and you've gone over some stuff that I think is even a little bit out there. Um, And I'd like to think that I have a pretty open mind to a lot of this stuff. Uh, and a lot of people on Twitter are very close minded uh, and they kind of stick with the herd and don't kind of, you know, veer off from the herd in any kind of way for fear of being ostracized. And, you know, you're doing exactly that. Uh, so I appreciate that a lot. I really appreciate you coming on uh, just to talk about these theories and kind of your beliefs and the way you live your life. One last thing before we go I know you've mentioned a couple people and a couple books. Uh, but I want to throw some stuff in the description. So do you have any books or resources, again, to, you know, just have in the description so my audience can go check it out? I'll obviously have your Twitter links to some of your stuff, uh, like the Blockchain Bastard stuff. But is there anything else that you want me to include in there? Um, yeah, so so obviously I think, you know, my book um, is uh, uh, basically I consolidate all this information. So all this crazy bullshit I just talked about. Um, if you want to get the actual background information and, um, and I actually, I sourced the whole book 
there's a whole source page of, of links to source material where you can watch full documentaries on, on each of these topics. Um, uh, you know, highly would, would recommend my own book. There's the first part is out right now. And if you order, um, uh, if you order right now, you get all 211 release pages. And you also are going to be sent um, uh, the next parts of the book as they're released. Um, uh, and the second part should be out this month. You definitely check that out. Um, again, the book title is called Woke Yoked Remote, uh, Breaking the Matrix. Essentially, the, the theme of the book is, is um, you know, using the internet to, um, to consolidate the entire knowledge of, of humankind going back at least 12,000 years is what I cover, um, going back to the civilization of Atlantis and the Library of Alexandria. Um, and uh, yeah, but if I was, if I was to give, you know, some other, um, some other resources for people, if you guys wanted to give as crazy as I am, um, I would recommend watching a few documentaries. Um, the first one's called Conspiracy of Silence, which is a band, um, Discovery Channel documentary that was pulled from the air after it was already listed in the TV uh, the TV guide. Um, basically, it describes that uh, human trafficking ring I was talking about that happened under the Reagan administration. Um, highly recommend that because that is still you know those people are still at large, and you can watch for yourself what happens to the people who tried to report on that plot twist or rather spoiler alert they all die, um, but. There's that. Uh, I'd highly recommend watching uh, JFK to 9-11, Everything is a Rich Man's Trick. It might be hard to find that one on YouTube. They've literally disabled um, sharing on that video, so you cannot share a link to that video. You have to find it yourself, um, which I've never seen YouTube do that on any other video or documentary. So if that's that should be a good enough endorsement for you. Um, and then thirdly, Unacknowledged, which covers um, some of the topics I was talking about, such as the secret space tote program, uh, Nikola Tesla's advanced technology, and um, potentially what we're looking at as far as um, hidden, and you should actually watch this one, Charles. Is that is uh, that Stephen got... Greer? Stephen Greer, yep. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, cool, awesome. Yeah, um, I, can, I, can, I, I can endorse I that one I as well. I don't see why you, why you don't believe in, in uh, that, you know, the government is hiding billions of dollars or trillions of dollars in advanced technology then, but, but okay. <laughs> see, no, that's, that's where uh, I can say that I, I, I can see the flip side of the coin. There's just some things that don't line up enough for me to be like all in. I believe okay. in it. Okay. Well, keep researching. You'll get there. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, let me think. Um, okay. And then books wise, um, really, uh, you know, all this politics, like I said, all this politics, all this fucking trying to figure out what's going to happen in the future all really stupid shit at the end of the day. It's all external, you know, it's not gonna, knowing all this doesn't make you any happier. Um, what really makes you happier is, is um, it starts inside. So uh, big thing, so the first part of my book, Woke, like I said, is covering all these crazy esoteric topics and hidden human history, conspiracies and so on. The second part, Yoked, is focusing on health and wellness. And on that regard, um, I would recommend uh, these three books if you really want to, like these are the absolute straight crack of like learning about the human body and how your mind works and how reality is formed. Um, 
essentially these are these are books that as far as the concept of breaking the matrix these are the these are the books and resources that will do that for you the first one's called becoming supernatural by dr joe dispenza um covers the human energy system the pineal glands true purpose um and uh, basically what the human mind is possible or is capable of rather and it is truly astounding it has been the most revelatory book i've ever read it's changed my whole perspective on reality and my life itself um and anyways that that's a big one uh the second one is called uh your wish is your command it's by kevin trudeau um that's an audio series you can find that on um on youtube it's a 13 hour um 13 hour audio highly recommend you listen to that as soon as possible um, essentially, uh, uh, Kevin Trudeau is part of these secret societies that I talk about that have this advanced technology, which is what we refer to as occult magic. But you know, it's you know, it's just advanced technology we don't understand yet. Anyways, he's one of the first people to come forward and actually leak this and try to teach normal people about it, or at least make the information available. Um, so essentially, he teaches you about the human mind, um, kind of how the brain's receiving and sending a frequency interacts, interacts with reality itself. Um, I highly recommend that, um, give it a listen. And then the final one is called Outwitting the Devil. It's by Napoleon Hill. Oh, by the way, Kevin Trudeau's in jail now um, because he was, you know, they have some bullshit reason, but the real reason is because he's releasing information that was too powerful. So he's in jail, so he's a martyr. Um, so that's another, um, little bit of credibility for him. The it obviously his information is too dangerous for the elite to allow to keep proliferating. The final one is called Outwitting the Devil. It's by Napoleon Hill. You may have heard of Napoleon Hill for his book, um, Think and Grow Rich. Uh, but this Outwitting the Devil is kind of, it's a, it's a newer spin on that. Basically the background of this book is it was not released. So Napoleon Hill is an author from the 1930s. He wrote this transcript in 1938, and it was not released until 40 years after his death in 2011. So he died in 1970, was not released until 2011. Um, and the reason behind that is because the information in the book, the transcript itself, was so controversial, and it still is in a lot of respects, that the not only did his wife not want to release it and you know risk her reputation, the person they passed it on to after that also didn't want to release it. So it took four, it took three people dying for this transcript to finally make it out to the public. So the least you guys could do is listen to it. Um, and uh, essentially what it is is uh, Napoleon Hill says that he, um, uh, the book starts off, he says, this is a conversation with the devil. He's like, I figured out how to basically channel the devil and have a conversation with him. And uh, basically, it goes through exactly what um, the methods are to control a human population and essentially what appetites and what temptations are put in your way of ultimately achieving your dreams and your purpose. Um, so that's on YouTube as well. You can listen to it. As an audio, which I'd highly recommend, again, it's called Outwitting the Devil. So just go after or go over them again. Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. Your Wish is Your Command by Kevin Trudeau. And Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon. Um, and I guarantee you, if you guys take the time to listen to any of those, uh, 
much less all three, your life and your perspective on the world will change. That's that's again three great book recommendations. I really appreciate it. On top of that, you've got your book. The first part's already out. Looking forward to the second two parts. Uh, again, I just want to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's given me kind of a new perspective on things with regards to cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. Uh, we got into it a little bit there at the end, but I appreciate that. Uh, so again, yeah, that that was good. That was good. You don't want to have the whole time just me spearing, you know, uh, conspiracies. It's good to good to let your audience know that you're pushing back. So yeah, well, I mean, I normally I try to keep a very very like neutral, just bland, boring interview kind of thing. But a lot of people have been saying, you know, have have a bit more of a conversation, push back a little bit. And that's the one thing where it's like, okay, we, I've discussed this before. I feel like I can talk about it a little bit more in depth. Uh, so I appreciate you kind of, you know, discussing that with me and kind of going at it with me. Um, and again, yeah, they, and, yeah and, and likewise, likewise, thanks for, you know, I'm a very, uh, you know, a very aggressive talker and, and very, um, very passionate about my ideas. So I appreciate you taking my abuse. Of course, of course, man. I, I enjoyed it a ton. It's been one of my favorite interviews. It was less about cryptocurrencies, more about just the way of thinking and life itself, uh, which I really appreciate. So thank you again so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I really uh, appreciate you having me on, Charles. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, the show's for you guys. I make it for you guys. Um, and it wouldn't happen without you guys. So I really do want to thank you for that. Um, and you know, if you found anything in this episode helpful or any of the previous episodes that I've put out, um, can you just do me a huge favor and leave us a review? Um, it would really help us out. Um, and then on top of that, uh, could you also share it with any friends, family, uh, anyone on social media? You know, if, if there's something that spoke to you in any of these episodes, I would really appreciate it if you could do that for us. Um, so thanks again for listening and uh, hope to see you next episode.